three outs. All we needed was three outs last night. Frustrating. Why can't we have nice things? Welcome to the Sports Wrap on 1340 KDLM. My name is Zeke. Very frustrated, Zeke, because I, I got the, the, the notification from ESPN last night that Kenta Maeda was in the fifth inning, hadn't allowed a hit. Then they went to the top of the ninth. Still no hits for Kenta Maeda, but still arguably, despite what happened in last night's game, one of the best regular season pitching performances we've ever seen from anybody. And the good news is that the Twins still found a way found a way to win the game last night, even though the bullpen and Taylor Rogers collapsing again. A lot going on against the Twins in Milwaukee last night. Also come up to the Sports Wrap second half, we're talking unwritten rules of baseball. If, if you haven't been following the Fernando Tatis Jr. storyline in San Diego, maybe, maybe I'm new school, but all I see out of, out of Tatis Jr. is is a kid, early 20s, who's having fun playing baseball, but the Texas Rangers not happy with it. wasn't just the home run he hit, but he hit something, something else to rub their faces in it even more last night. Also coming up, uh, kind of a controversial decision by the Minnesota State High School League regarding porta potties at high school cross country meets. Let's recap the last 24 hours in sports quick though. The 2-2 pitch, a swing and a miss, strike three. And the 0-2, he got him, strike three. Maeda blows a fastball by Garcia. 3-2 on the way, and a swing and a miss. Yelich. And here it is, and a swing and a miss. Back-to-back strikeouts, the 2-2 on the way. Strike three on the outside corner. Maeda, three strikeouts here in the top half of the fourth inning. Nice job. And a swing on a foul tip, tongue on due. And a swing and a miss, and there you go, Maeda. Has tied that and the O2 on the way. Swung on it, foul tipped, and there's a new record. If you if you, if you are keeping track at home, that was eight consecutive strikeouts for Kenta Maeda against the Brewers last night. Finished with twelve, but that wasn't even the story of the game. Top of the ninth, Kenta Maeda had not allowed a hit to the Milwaukee Brewers yet. Allowed one walk, so perfect game off the table, but the no hitter still intact. Until and the windup, Maeda's 0-1 pitch is blooped to right center field, and Vargas can't get it, base hit, and Sogard singles to begin the ninth inning, and the no-hit bid ends here tonight at Target Field. I mean, we're talking, second half, we're talking unwritten rules, and I, I know, I, I'm, I'm not a superstitious guy, to quote Michael Scott, I'm a little stitious, but literally everything online blowing up last night was, oh, no-hitter, 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 and Corey Provis is mentioned in it, and Dick Bramer is mentioned in it, and Fox Sports North is mentioning it. What happened to the unwritten rules of not talking about a no-hitter? I mean, we're, we're going to talk about unwritten rules in the second half of the wrap today. and Maybe we'll, we'll deviate from the conversation uh, now and slide it right about 9.50 or so. But that's one of the things, and I found this out the hard way in, in high school. Uh, playing baseball for the Staples Motley Cardinals in 2004. I was I was pretty new to baseball. I basically went out for baseball because my friends did. I was terrible at it. I mean, you're not going to play very well joining baseball your junior year of high school. And I believe we were playing, uh, who were we playing? Minna, Minnetonka, maybe? Uh, in, in the first round of the playoffs. And our pitcher, Adam Johnson, had a, had a no-hitter 
through six innings. And I went up to him. Uh, no, nobody else was talking to the guy in the dugout. He's sitting by himself. And I said, hey, good job out there. And he kind of looked at me like, like I had just kicked his dog or something. Because you're not supposed to, to mention any of it to anybody. Uh, top of the next inning, uh, first baseman boots the ball. Error. Perfect game is is no good. We did still get the no hitter in, in game one of that series, but uh, and and that's when I learned about the unwritten rules of baseball. Now I, I have nothing against what Tatis is doing with swinging at three zero, and last night he he stole third base with his team up by six runs. I have no problem with that, but the superstitious stuff is the stuff that I. Uh, like Doug Mankiewicz, another very superstitious member of the Minnesota Twins. You may remember remember he had his rally spot on the ground of the Twins dugout, just in the 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 tobacco juice and the spit and the sunflower seeds. He would sit on the ground chewing his bubble gum because that was his spot. That was his rally spot. When he sat there, the Twins would rally. Superstitions and unwritten rules in baseball. Two entirely different things, in my opinion. Forget the unwritten rules. Let the guys have fun. But don't break the superstitious laws by talking about no-hitters when they're still in progress. Kenta Maeda, third interpreter yesterday, uh, realized he didn't have, realized he had a no-hitter maybe through the fifth inning or so last night. I realized that I was in a no-no after the fifth inning and all my pitches were working great. So uh, that's when I, you know, realized and started pitching that I mean, I don't know. Also last night, uh, watching the pitch count is, is something the Twins <laughs> Twins fans have been accustomed to for the last, I don't know, 30 years with, with Tom Kelly and then Ron Gardenhire. You get to that 100 pitch mark and then boom, you're you're yanked. We saw it with a, with a Scott Baker no-hit bid a couple years ago. Uh, eighth inning, no-hitter, boom, Baker pulled. Uh, made 115 pitches last night before giving up that bloop single to Sogard. And he said back when he was pitching in Japan, 115 pitches was was no big deal. In my uh, days back in Japan, it's normal for me to throw this many pitches per outing. But then again, you know, it's been a, it's been a while since last time I pitched in Japan, so I'm kind of tired. So Maeda gets pulled. Top nine Twins bullpen featuring Taylor Rogers. Oh, he's been awful, giving up three runs in the top of the ninth. Brewers tie the game at three apiece, and then the Twins got their first look at the new extra inning format where the runner begins on second base in the in the 12th inning maybe maybe some conspiracy theory stuff here with with Byron Buxton it's it's tongue in cheek conspiracy theory Buxton grinds into a, a, a an inning ending double play in the 11th and the rule is whoever ends the inning the previous inning starts at second base. And so conspiracy theorists where Buxton intentionally hits into that double play so that he could start at start at second base in extra innings the next time around. It's Jorge Polanco hitting Buxton and Twins win in extras 4-3, to three, a game that should have been a monumental moment in franchise history, almost became one of the embarrassing moments ever where you have a no-hitter through nine, but then you go to extra innings with a three-run lead in the ninth. Twins, Brewers again tonight, 6-3 pregame show, 7-10 first pitch from Target Field. Two. Something I want to talk about is uh, high school sports practices began on on Monday. And in cross-country, one of the sports I, I don't think is really given 
a, a lot of a lot of do. Looking at, at, at some various numbers cross country wise, seventy kids out for cross country at Perham High School. Which why wouldn't you? If, you? if you can be a part of the dynasty that they've built at Perham cross country, why why wouldn't you? Seven through twelve, seventy kids out. And then uh, Ada Borup's numbers have almost doubled since last year as well. So cross-country, one of the hot things to participate in this fall. But the MSHSL make it a pretty questionable decision. And I've reached out to John Millay to to 100% confirm this. But talking to some area coaches and people involved in the sport, uh, an absolute boneheaded decision by the MSHSL regarding cross-country. And here's what I'm talking about is uh, a couple different things happening for cross-country. A a, a maximum of three teams per meet, and it has to be in the conference. And so, like, there's going to be a lot of of Purim and Staples and Wadena and Long Prairie. That'll that'll kind of be the the, the core four that we'll see running a lot of meets. uh, Detroit Lakes. Uh, I haven't even looked at Detroit Lakes cross-country schedule yet to see who they've got or, or, or Moorhead. In, in those schools, but likely seen a lot of the same schools, just different locations, different tracks. Uh, it's the question mark here. And I, I don't agree with this at, at, at all. And, and, and trust me, I, when the MSHSL board of, of directors met back to discuss fall sports, I, I was in on the call. I had them. I, I was on the zoom call taking notes. I sat through the entire five hour meeting listening to them talk about what to do with football and with volleyball and with, with everything else. Those got moved. Uh, fall sports, in case you missed this, only fall sports happening. Boys and girls soccer, girls tennis, uh, girls swim and dive, and boys and girls cross country. But the way that this latest decision has snowballed into just what is going to be a complete disaster for the fans that go out to cross country. Because the thing with cross country is uh, a lot of meets at at, at at golf courses where social distancing is okay. I mean, we were at the at the Pine de Palm golf tournament last uh, Sunday, calling the championship round, and there are probably you know a hundred people milling around behind uh, Pat Dietz and and Ian Sibinich for for the championship. Social distancing, all that fun stuff. But the the what 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 baffles me is the decision here by the MSHSL. I'll I'll get to it. I promise. I'll get to it right now. With what they decided to do initially for the uh, for the porta potty and the cleanliness issue was to have uh, various porta potties set up designated per town. So let's say Detroit Lakes and Moorhead and Alexandria are running at the the Lakeview Golf Course, just as a as an example. One porta potty is designated for Detroit Lakes and their fans only. One would be designated for Moorhead and their fans only. And one would be designated for Alexandria and their fans only. Which which makes sense. Kind of keep keep groups together, keep bubbles together, keep communities together. But what the MSHSL has decided now is to say, hey, kids and fans can go to the bathroom before the meet. We are not going to allow porta potties at cross country meets is the latest from the MSHSL. Banning porta potties <laughs> from these meets, which in my mind spells absolute disaster 
in the case of an emergency. Because what's going to happen is is all these, these 70 kids are going to have to use the bathroom before they run their race. What are they going to do? They're going to go into the woods and do their business, whether it's a number one or a number two. If you got to go, you got to go. Isn't that the same? Because maybe you don't have to go when you get on the bus at 315, but when your race starts at at 530 and you got to go, where are you going to go? You're going to go drop one off the the fifth tee box. This is just an absolute asinine decision. No, no, don't get me wrong. I know there are a lot of tough decisions that go... You can talk about these unprecedented times and the new normal with with high school fall sports. But this is one decision that was overlooked exponentially. Let the kids have their porta-potties. Let the parents and the the grandparents coming out to watch little Billy run in the JV race. What happens when grandma has to use the bathroom? Where's where's grandma going to go? Is she going to walk all the way back to her car, drive to a gas station, drive all the way back? No. Just This just complete, completely floored me when I heard that this was the decision for for cross country. Now, I'm not sure if, if it's a similar situation for, say, soccer, but those, those events are usually closer to a facility. So bathroom is maybe a little bit more accessible. Or, or with tennis, swim and dive is all indoors. I'm not sure what the fan situation is going to be there, but restrooms probably more readily available at swim and dive meets. But to make these these kids and fans suffer through no bathrooms on site at these events is just just mind boggling. And I, I don't understand. Speaking of, of Lakeview Golf Course, but before talking about it in kind of hypothetical, this time really talking about the Lakeview Golf Course and something amazing happening out there yesterday to Jason and Bennett Keen. Jason is the principal at Rossman Elementary School. Was out there golfing yesterday. Well, first it was his son Bennett golfing on hole number four with a six iron from 100 yards out on the gold tees, hits a hole-in-one. Little Bennett Keene, hole four, Lakeview. Bam, hole-in-one. Family goes nuts. Huge, memorable moment. He was golfing in a scramble with with, uh, Cooper Keene, Miles Moan, Grayson Slipper, and Justin Slipper. That's per uh, the Lakeview Golf Course Twitter feed. So Bennett Keene's got his hole-in-one on number four. And that's just awesome. But then Dad, Jason Keene, has to uh, has to show his son up a little bit. Jason hit a hole in one on the back nine on hole eleven, pitching wedge, one hundred thirty two yards, one hundred thirty two yards out. Jason Keene gets his hole in one too. Father son, what are the odds of a father and a son not not just hitting a hole in one in their lifetimes, but hitting a hole in one? On on the same course, on the same day. That's that's awesome. Congratulations to Jason and Bennett. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit jealous because because hole four at Lakeview uh, always gives me trouble. I, I I don't think I've ever not bogeyed hole four. I don't I don't know what it is about hole four. Uh, maybe I I got to get some golf lessons from Bennett. 
I think I think I, I got to reach out to Bennett and get some golf lessons. Second half of the sports job, we're talking unwritten rules of baseball and why nobody should care about them anymore and should just become huge Fernando Tatis Jr. fans. Second half of the wrap coming up next on KDLM. I'm Ryan Radke with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Bruce Arians told the media that Tom Brady won't be on a pitch count in training camp. The six-time Super Bowl champ is continuing to gel with his new team. Bucks receiver Mike Evans said that Brady is already one of his favorite teammates and that he's trying to make Evans a living legend. The Chargers are front and center at Hard Knocks, but Melvin Ingram wasn't practicing in front of the cameras Tuesday. Ingram is unhappy with his contract and has decided to not practice with the team. Ingram is entering the final year of his deal. And the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced two finalists for the 2021 class. Former Cowboys wide receiver and three-time Pro Bowler Drew Pearson was selected as the senior finalist. And two-time Super Bowl winning coach Tom Flores was picked as the finalist among coaches. Flores was the first Hispanic head coach in the NFL. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Time for a Twins Minute. This is Katie Florio. Kenta Maeda was the star of a wild game at Target Field last night. He took a no-hitter into the ninth inning and struck out 12 Brewers along the way. Headed into the ninth, Maeda had thrown a career-high 113 pitches. Alex Avila knew it would be a tough call to pull him with a no-no on the line. Rocco was kind of in, in a tough situation there, I think, trying to give him the opportunity to do it, uh, at the same time looking out for him. Because he hadn't thrown, I think, maybe 80 or 85 pitches in a game, so... You know, wanted to try to give him the best chance to complete it. And a lot of no-hitters broken up that way with broken bat hits and stuff like that. It's heartbreaking at times, And but he was incredible today. Eric Sogard broke up a no-hitter two pitches into the ninth, and the Brewers rallied to tie the game at two. But then Jorge Polanco would come through in the 12th with a walk-off infield single. This has been Katie Florio with today's Twins Minute, a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap. Hey, today is National Potato Day, and Taco John's is giving you a free small order of potato Olay's Sea Store for details. So I think I've, I've calmed down a little bit since talking about the uh, the porta potty fiasco with the MSHSL and uh, and cross country meets. But I'm ready to jump back up on my soapbox and talk about something else that's been 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 taking the Twitter. And the Facebook world by storm the last two nights, and that would be the unwritten rules of baseball. Touched on superstitions in baseball a little bit in the first half of the wrap today about Kenta Maeda's no-hit bid and how literally every single member of the media covering the game, from WCCO's Corey Heppola to, to everybody talking about the no-hitter, you don't talk about no-hitters. It plain, plain and simple. But... That being said, that's where I'm torn on this issue is is I believe in the superstitions of baseball, but I don't believe in the unwritten rules of baseball. Listen to this clip from from two nights ago, Padres versus Texas Rangers. This is phenom Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting a grand slam against the Rangers, his second home run of the evening. Now, just listening to this, you'd think it was the the, the best thing to happen to, to Tatis Jr. 
This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. And the Padres go on top 14-3. Two home runs, seven RBIs for Fernando Tatis Jr. Unbelievable. Tatis has just hit a grand slam, his second home run of the night. And the Padres have a 14-3 lead. We are watching is nothing short of amazing. From the from the point of view of a of a Padres announcer, two home runs, seven RBI for Tatis Jr. on Monday night. That's a heck of a stat line. But that's not what got the headlines. The headline from that home run was Tatis Jr. hits a home run, a grand slam on a 3-0 count. Unwritten rule of baseball. You're up by that many runs, 3-0 count, you take the pitch. But a lot of people in baseball, uh, which we'll get to in a second, believe that Tatis Jr. did the right thing. Uh, Nobody on the Texas Rangers (laughs) doing that. Uh, Rangers manager Chris Woodward, this is a quote from him, I didn't like it personally, but like I said, the Normans are being challenged on a daily basis. So just because I don't like it, doesn't mean it's not right. I don't think we liked it as a group. Well, yeah, a guy's swinging, hitting a grand slam, embarrassing your team even more. The second home run of the night in a blowout? Yeah, the Rangers aren't going to like this. I don't agree with Trevor Bauer on a lot of things. Former uh, Indians pitcher. You may remember that Max Kepler hit three consecutive home runs off him once. Now plays for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, He said this on Twitter last night. He said, hey, Tatis Jr., listen up. Number one, Keep swinging 3-0 if you want to, no matter what the game situation is. Number two, keep hitting homers, no matter what the situation is. Number three, keep bringing energy and flash to baseball and making it fun. Number four, the only thing you did wrong was to apologize. Stop that. Reggie Jackson, Mr. October himself, chiming in on Twitter as well. He says, Tatis, keep playing hard and playing great. It's a pleasure to watch you play. Love your success and the Padres rise to be a winner. Keep leading the way. It ain't easy to hit home runs. Keep bringing energy you have to the game. We need players like you. Will Middlebrooks, former all-star third baseman for the Boston Red Sox. Well now, Tatis Jr. has apologized more than any Astros player has. Ah, baseball can be a little ridiculous at times. Keep playing your game, big guy. Players like you, not only the future, but the now. Love your game. And speaking of the Astros, former pitcher Colin McHugh, who's sitting out this season, weighing in on, on, on this as well. Uh, not so much for the for the for the game aspect, for Tatis's future aspect this in this data-driven baseball age there's nowhere to hide if you have a tendency it's going to be exploited swinging 3-0 to me is the same as swinging first pitch of an at-bat if you do it enough times a pitcher can't game plan as well against you which which i agree with 100 swinging at a 3-0 count should not be against any rules McHugh continues no matter the score before a game i would always look to see what a guy's percentage was Swinging 3-0. If it's over 20%, it means I can't just groove one in there. The guy who never gives you a pitch at the plate 
are the toughest at bats. And now Tatis Jr., one of those guys. And and to make things even better is he he broke another one last night. So not only did he swing 3-0 on Monday night for that grand slam, but last night with the Padres up on the Rangers by six runs, he steals third base. <laughs> this guy plays hard and baseball needs more players like this. Guys that keep baseball fresh. Guys that keep baseball exciting. Because on, on Monday night, if that was a, a 1-0 count, a 2-0 count, a 2-1 count, and Tatis pops that grand slam, nobody is talking about this today. But because it was 3-0, the pitcher was struggling, he grooved in there to get his rhythm back, and Tatis took advantage of that and hit the grand slam, that's where people see the issue. And I I see no issue with this, probably primarily because it didn't happen to the Twins. If it was the Twins and the Padres, I would maybe have a, a different stance on what's going on with Fernando Tatis Jr., but quickly becoming my favorite MLB player. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet, dude. I mean, my favorite MLB player, not named, not named Willens Ostadio. He's got to be number one, even though we haven't seen uh, any of him yet this season. Huh, can't wait for. Uh, we got some NBA playoffs tonight. Actually, both uh, both number one seeds losing yesterday. Bucks losing to the Magic. Lakers losing to the Trailblazers. First time since two thousand two, two thousand three, that both top seeds have lost their opening round, the opening matchup of the first round of the playoffs. Other NBA action tonight: Brooklyn versus Toronto, with the Raptors leading that best of series, that best of seven series, one nothing. You've got Utah and Denver tonight. Uh, John Folkey in some trouble over a tweet. My, my guy, John Folkey, we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. He's been suspended indefinitely as play-by-play guy for the Charlotte uh, Hornets because of a, of a missed tweet. We'll add that to the sports wrap tomorrow. Uh, Nuggets leading that best of seven series, one nothing. Sixers and Celtics with the Celtics leading that best of seven series. That game is tonight. And then Dallas versus the L.A. Clippers with L.A. leading that best of seven uh, quarterfinal, one nothing. Also, tomorrow, the NBA draft lottery with the Wolves tied with the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors with a 14% chance to get the first overall pick. And I think they have to redo the NBA draft lottery. And, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. So we'll add those two things. Cause we haven't talked to NBA very much on the sports trap as of late. Uh, we'll, we'll talk NBA draft lottery tomorrow. We'll talk what's going on with my guy, John Fokey and the Charlotte Hornets. Also, I'm going to reach out to K-Train from Rotowire and Rotowire.com and see if we can't get some fantasy football insight heading into the season because the Vikings' first game less than a month away, September 14th, against the Green Bay Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's what's on the docket for the Sports Draft tomorrow. We're back tomorrow, 9.30 in the station you can count on. KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Off the record with Zeke begins after CBS News. You're listening to KDLM Detroit Lakes, 93.1 FM, and AM 1340.